Hey everybody, it's Brandon here, back with you, bringing you the second episode of the Tea Time Bets installment over here at the show. Thank you all for everybody that tuned in to the first inaugural episode of the show. Hopefully, I got the point across, it was good, it was fluent, I made sense, and I didn't bore you guys, and unfortunately, I didn't win the money that I was looking forward to win this weekend. Um, you know, isn't that the life of a better, of sports better? And... I got all the right green in all the wrong ways, if that makes sense. And I'm going to break it down and I'm going to show you why. But, um, yep, just like the last episode before the weekend, I'm going to sort of run very similar to that, very same format, very same content, very same segments. <coughs> so, like I said, after a few episodes, I'm going to get more of the hang of things. You guys will get more of the swing of things as far as listening to it and getting in a groove. And to start it out, though, I'm going to recap and just go over my results for, from the weekend, from the divisional wildcard round, from the soccer that I touched on, and some other results as well. And, yeah, like I said, it was an, an up-and-down weekend. The parlays I had were just blown out of the water early. Um, like I said, I found some green, but in all the wrong places, and I'm going to show you guys what I mean by that. But, yeah, without further ado... We did not win the money that we were looking forward to. We did not have the results that we were looking forward to. And it is very, very, very unfortunate because of how I per how I betted them. Now, the way I listed them off is the way I should have betted them. And meaning, so a lot of my bets that I listed for the ones I love and whatnot and the parlays, all of them were done in parlays. I parlayed everything. Um, financially, not at the point where I can be just putting down a bunch of individual bets and putting down like a hundred on each bet just to win like 50, 60 every time, you know, so I'm rocking with the parlays right now. So let me get into what I mean exactly by that. Now, there was some very, very close results, man. I know you guys remember that any time touchdown parlay that I had, the four-laid parlay from this past weekend. It had Isaiah Likely scoring a touchdown in the Baltimore game. It had Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown in the night game between the Niners and the Packers. Had Jameer Gibbs scoring a touchdown in the Lions and Bucks game. Then I had James Cook rounding out that four-laid parlay, scoring an anytime touchdown in that Bills-Chiefs game. And of course, even though he was probably the most consistent and the best part of their offense that night was not able to reward himself or myself with a touchdown. If that would have hit, that bet would have cashed 700. So that just, I'm going to start out with that one just to sort of sum up how the weekend, how the weekend went. And like I said, I did a lot of parlays. Um, I wish I would have actually just did these bets as individuals, like I said. However, um, the Dalvin Cook, the icy hot Todoroki bet, of the first episode, unfortunately, did not go through. Dalvin Cook was non-existent. I don't know. Hey, I know it was a long shot, but plus 500, I was riding on the fact that they brought this guy in for the playoffs and he could make an impact with the type of player and the track history that he has. But unfortunately, I was wrong. Now, this did into the next parlay that I had. I know you guys remember this one as well. Um, just one pick from every single one of the four games. I had the over in the Chiefs and Bills game at over 45 and a half. That hit. I had the Lions to win money line against the Bucks. That hit. I had the 49ers 
to win money line against the Packers, that hit. Then the fourth one on that parlay was the Texans plus nine and a half. And quite literally to start the weekend and to end the weekend, I had two four-leg parlays. I would have cashed out just north of $1,000 on the two of them. Both missed by one. However, I had a, just a solo Isaiah Likely anytime touchdown bet placed on the side as well individually. So that hit, which was good. Then, yeah, even uh, this was after the first episode during the game while I was already a little bit depressed from not hitting the first couple parlays. I made some same-day parlays for this Chiefs and Bills game, and the results, as you can imagine, just as bad. So I'm going to break down this one five-leg parlay I had. Pat Mahomes, 200 passing yards or more. Khalil Shakir, anytime touchdown. Josh Allen, 200 passing yards or more. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Total points over 41 and a half. Every single one of those hit except for Josh Allen, 200 yards passing. Yep. He had 186. So that's three parlays now from this weekend. I was either four out of five or three out of four. Then the next one, I had the Chiefs plus three and a half. The Bills over 22 and a half total points. Stephon Diggs, anytime touchdown. Josh Allen to record 25 rushing yards or more. Travis Kelsey, Josh Allen, both anytime touchdowns. Pat Mahomes, 200 passing yards or more. Josh Allen, 200 passing yards or more. So you can see I was heavily riding on both these quarterbacks passing for 200 yards or more, which I do not think you could have blamed me for doing. Both alternate lines, but still, both nice little give-me's on a parlay, or at least you, you would have thought so. Yeah, that was an eight-lead parlay. Everything on there hit except the Stephon Diggs anytime touchdown and the Josh Allen 200 yards passing. Then... Yeah, like I said, I was very bored with this. I even did another one for a dollar fifty. That was a another eight leg parlay. Three out of them, three of them missed on them. So out of all my parlays, I was either one away from hitting, two away from hitting, or three away from hitting. Out of five parlays this weekend, if I would have just did all of them motherfuckers individually, I would have had like a seventy five percent success rate. So I'm gonna look at it like that. No, I did not win the money. Hindsight is I was on the right track and I just need to start betting individually rather than betting parlays, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's so hard to go away from betting these parlays when you're that close and you know what the payout can be rather than just betting like $40 to win $45 or $50 to win $60, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so that sums up my weekend of bets for the NFL. Moving on to the soccer bets that we had, though. I know I had Arsenal, not Arsenal, I mean, I had Liverpool in the Bournemouth game. Um, it was one of the bets that I hated for that line. Bournemouth ended up getting smoked. <laughs> I should have had this one in my lines. I love Liverpool won this game 4-0 on the road. Um, I said I hated that Packers 9.5 spread. Obviously, they ended up covering. However, I just... Um, it was one of those things where, like I was saying, it's just I could very well see it going either way, either way, and it ended up being a three-point game. I said, I, like I said, I said it could be a three-point game or it could be a fourteen-point game, very easily one way or another. So I just—it's not that I didn't think the Packers could cover. I just—I was there was just too much up in the air about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
Then the next one was the Bucks plus six and a half versus the Lions. Ended up losing by eight, so they didn't cover. Uh, that's the first time this season that they were favored or they were underdogs by six and a half points or more, and they didn't cover. Then to follow it up, the Sean Strickland versus Duplessis fight. I didn't like that line at all. Another one of those things where it was just way too close. Duplessis was a very close underdog. Ended up winning. I predicted him to win. However, he should not have won that fight. So, I mean, to give a list of lines I hate for the first week and have them all sort of be on par, feel good about that. You know, I'm starting to develop a nice nice credibility, a nice track history already. But I got to keep it up, and I'm going to keep it up. I can promise you that. Lines I love from last week, Real Madrid against Almeria barely squeezed it out with a 3-2 victory. You know, that one was a little alarming. I was keeping track of it throughout throughout the entirety of the game, and I'm just like, there's no way this happens, right? With my luck, just because I bet on it and said it was a gimme, this is what's going to happen. But thank God to Danny Carvajal. He had the game winner in the 99th minute. 90th minute plus 9 minutes of stoppage time. As he runs around, takes his shirt off, celebrates the victory. I mean, as he only need, as he only should have. Um, Bellingham scored a goal. Vinicius scored a goal. They, Real Madrid was down 2-0 at halftime. 2-0. Almeria hasn't won a game this season. Yes, they're at home, but Real Madrid were still favorites. Minus 650. This was a gimme. They were down 2-0 at halftime to the side that hasn't even won a game. Then within the first 20 minutes of the second half, Real Madrid equalizes. And thank God the Danny Carvajal, 90 minutes, nine minutes into extra stoppage time, gets the winner from them. <laughs> and though we probably didn't deserve it, the bet still did cover. Thank God for that. And then moving on to the next one. This was a little bit of a tricky one going over to the Bundesliga between... Bayern Leverkusen and Leipzig and once again your boy was right Leverkusen coming away with a 3-2 win another stoppage time winner and Tapia the center back for Leverkusen gets a goal one minute in the stoppage time and once again just another thrilling last minute win Javi Alonso has this Bayern Leverkusen side still beatless uh, still undefeated I mean with four 15 wins, 3 draws, no losses. They have 48 points in 18 games. And now 7 points clear with 2 matches in hand of Bayern Munich. So just shout out to them. Shout out to the job that Alonso is doing. And hey, I'm, I know my soccer, man. I know my soccer. Yes, I know I said I hated that line for Liverpool. But it was just because of the environment and the way that they've been playing is lately. And my own personal history of betting them. However, they came out and won 4-0. I was right about Real Madrid. I was right about Leverkusen. So just just keep that in mind, man. Just give me some credit when it comes to the soccer, the European soccer as an American. <laughs> I'm just I'm just joshing a little bit. But then this was another one of those lines I loved. It was my favorite over the whole weekend. It was the Houston Texans plus nine and a half. Obviously, we know how that went. I don't want to get into it too much more. Then to follow up the last result from the line that I loved, it was the Toronto Raptors plus seven against the New York Knicks and <clears throat> let me just pull that up real quick this one I was wrong on by a country mile the Knicks ended up blowing the Raptors out of the water at home 126 to 100 Julius Randle had a triple double only through the third quarter Jalen Brunson had 38 points RJ Barrett Emmanuel quickly didn't look terrible but 
It was the Randall. It was the brunch and show. And the Knicks just came out and they 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 stood on business. <laughs> they stood on business. So a very up and down weekend, as you can tell. But if you take away the parlays, definitely, definitely, definitely more successful than I than I was unsuccessful. So just keep that in mind, because that definitely would have been at least a 75% success rate just off of one week. And that would have been a hell of a start. But hopefully I'm gonna learn from that and going forward, hopefully starting this weekend. We'll see. <laughs> we'll uh, start to improve that. But um, let's get into that. Um, not so much this weekend, but like I said, there's going to be the one at the middle of the week, start of the week, that recaps the weekend. Then I'm going to do some betting throughout the middle of the week, you know, some NHL, some NBA, whatever else is going on, MLB, whenever it starts up. But um, this episode throughout this week, mainly just going to be filled with basketball and NHL. Then heading into this weekend, we're going to touch on the NFC, the AFC Championship, of course, then the rest of these sports as well. But moving into the lines that I love for tonight and the next day, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Milwaukee Bucks on the road in the Bucks' first game after firing Adrian Griffin. I think Doc Rivers has been hired. I don't know if he's coaching this game or not, but the Cavaliers have won eight games in a row. I, I really love their line, their money line odds in this game, plus 225. Just to win outright, I'm adding that to my slip this week. Um, I'm taking them to win this game tonight against the Bucks. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for the Bucks to gel with Doc Rivers and to get a nice system going. The Cavs are really hot right now. They're 8-0. and And obviously, they've been able to cover the spread in every single one of these eight games, let alone cover the money line as well. And it's just it's more so centered around the fact that as elite as this Milwaukee Bucks offense is, as elite as their offense is, their defense is really taking a step back. This was a top five defense right now. Now they're ranked 26th. And when you have a team on the other side, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, that can score at a high clip with Garland, with Mitchell, with Struess, that can shoot threes at a high level, even with um, Jared Allen. They're also a very, very solid defensive team. They're a top 10 defensive team in the association right now. So I just, with that paired with the way they've been playing right now, I like the Cavs in this one with that money line plus 225. Moving on to the next one, some more NBA action. This is a later game taking place on the West Coast. The Atlanta Hawks are heading in to the Golden State Warriors home. In this one, I'm staying away from the spread. I'm staying away from the money line. I'm taking the over in this game. The over/under set at 235 and a half. I'm taking the over. It's a little, it's a little bit of a reach, but it's minus 110 right now. We know what the Warriors can do, obviously, with Steph Curry, with Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins is still there, Kaminga's still there. We know what the Atlanta Hawks can do with Trey Young, with Bogdanovich, even with Deontay Murray. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game, so I, I really do like that over in this game, with odds just at minus 110. Relatively low for that, and, and I think 236 is very, very, very capable of happening in this one. So keep an eye out for that. The next one, this is one of my favorite for this week. Luka Doncic in his game against the Suns tonight. Over one and a half steals and blocks combined. Minus 135. I love, love, love the minus 135 in this play. I, I think it's pretty much a gimme. They're playing the Suns. These games are always intense. They're always gritty, always back and forth. Everyone always brings their best out of themselves in these matchups. And two steals, is that really too much to ask for from one of the best players on the planet? 
I don't think so, let alone just a steal and a block. That's all you need. Very capable of doing it, especially if he's going to be matched up against Booker, matched up against Beal at times. He has a size of size advantage there. Not saying Luka's an all-world defender, but he has its size and strength advantage against the people that I think and I predict him to be matched up against. And then, moving on to the next one, I've got some NHL action for you guys. I got the Carolina Hurricanes heading into the TD Garden, taking on the uh, Boston Bruins. And the Boston Bruins, we all know how high of a clip that they can store at. The Carolina Hurricanes can store, store at a high clip as well. The over-under total goals in this game is listed at 6.5. I have the over in this one. Yep, that's right. Seven total goals being stored in this game. I think it's very, very, very well going to happen. I think this is going to be like a 5-3 to three type game, even, maybe even a 5-2. to two. I think the, Bra the Bruins are going to win. The Bruins are coming off, I think, a nine-goal performance against the Canadians. It was just a few nights ago. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at just how good this team has been. I'm looking at players like Pasternak, players like, um, I can't think of his name, Al, Brad Marchand, Bergeron, you know, just the household names in Boston. And I think they're going to be able to score at a high clip once again. Carolina, like I said, can also score. And I think they're going to clear that six-and-a-half over for the goals. Um, and then moving on, it's a little bit of a little little cheeky one to put on here for the, the last one of the lines I love. And that's some more NHL action. Seth Jones, he's a defender for the Chicago Blackhawks. They're playing the Seattle Kraken tonight at 10 p.m. on the West Coast. Right now, his over-under and assist is listed at just half. Just half. So he just needs one assist, and it's plus 155. I love those odds. I love the fact that he has someone like Connor Bedard that he can assist on a goal and whenever you have a player like Bedard whenever you have a defenseman that's the caliber and the level of Seth Jones he's been doing that at a high level for a m number of years now I've seen him do it time and time again he can easily find Bedard who can easily slot that puck into the back of the neck I'm no hockey expert I just dabble in it every now and then never played it but I've been a pretty above casual fan for the better part of six or seven years now so i know my way around the league the same way i know my way around the european soccer respect and you saw how i started out on that regard so just bear with me but yeah seth jones just needs one assist tonight against the kraken plus 155 i love 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 that moving in the lines i hate for the upcoming nights in the sports world you get the detroit pistons minus two and a half against the charlotte hornets tonight minus 115 Anytime the Pistons are favored, I'm going to shy away from it, <laughs> especially against a team like the Hornets that they're not world beaters, of course, but they just have a bunch of just gritty players that play hard every night, and they, they have some scores. They truly have some scores with Bridges, with um, Ball, of course, and they have those announcers that just always bring the energy, always bring the good vibes, always have those nice clips of just announcing big dunks or big threes or crossovers, whatever it is. Even though this game's at Detroit, I believe, I just, I can't ever bet for Detroit to win. Not after the start they had. They started out 2-1 and one, then lost like 23 straight in a row. You know, that's just, that's not supposed to happen. That doesn't happen, and I'm not going to bet against a team, or I'm not going to bet for a team that let that happen. So I just... I don't like that at all. This game can go either way. I, I fancy Charlotte to win it. But if Pistons, if the Pistons do, shout out to them, then I'll eat my words. But I'm staying away from that. 
and that's one I hate, is the same exact spread, two and a half, for the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks matchup. I just don't like it because it's way too close. This game can go either way. It's a uh, conference finals rematch. These teams don't like each other, and it's just who's ever on their game that night. It, it really is. I mean, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, all three of them are going to be playing. So I'm leaning more towards Phoenix to get the win tonight, but I, I'm not touching this game at all. At all. I just I hate it both ways. Phoenix is, I think, 8-8. Eight and eight covering the spread in their last eight games. Dallas against Phoenix is 5-5 five and five covering the spread in their last five against them. So something has to give, and I just don't know what side is going to give. Moving on to the next one, you got SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the superstar point guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hasn't been dropping the point totals that we've expected out of him as of lately, and we've seen out of him as of late. His line for tonight is over under 33.5 points against the San Antonio Spurs. I don't like that at all because as the trends have been lately, he's consistently been getting under that. I'm surprised they're still even putting these lines that high. But he's also that player that can pop off for 50 on any given night. So that's why I don't like it because I don't want to bet the over just because of the trend. But I, with me, the one time I bet the under is the one night he drops 38, 40 points. So I'm just going to stay away from it in that regards then the last one wrapping up for the lines i hate for tonight's games back to the atlanta hawks and golden state warriors matchup clay thompson over under three and a half three pointers made this this one's sort of like the liverpool bet from last week just due to personal experience i've added clay thompson to a ticket to make three and a half four and a half or more threes multiple times in my tenure of sports betting and every single one of those times he has fallen short of that three-point total so and it's not even so much that too it's just the way that this season's transpired not only for him not only for the team but his relationship with steve kerr as well it just really 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 makes me shy away from it however it is a high scoring game that i'm going to predict so that would fancy him hitting over that three-point total, but I just I don't see it happening tonight. I'm just too scared of it, just due to my own personal experience betting with that line. Then, moving on to my crazy parlay of the night. I got some good ones for you. Actually, I lost it. Um, give me one second. I'm sorry. Oh, there it is. Yep, I got some good ones for you here. I, mainly just this one the other ones i've already i've already placed them but i'm gonna wait till friday's episode to announce them for you guys so just stay tuned for that but my crazy parlay of the next few days heading into this weekend before we get ready for the weekend is a nice plus 3196 five leg parlay starting with the hawks and the warriors over 235 and a half for the points total the next one is the Thunder at minus 325 money line over the Spurs. The next one is the Cleveland Cavaliers plus 225 money line over the Milwaukee Bucks. And I have Anthony Simmons or Anthony Anthony Simons. I'm sorry, I apologize. The IMG Bradenton, Florida local. How can I mess up his name? Over two and a half three points three pointers made in tonight's game against the Houston Rockets. Then Landry Shamit. Over one and a half three-pointers made um, for the Wizards in his game tonight against the Timberwolves. 
I really do like this parlay. Like I said, I'm riding high on the Cavaliers right now to get that win, to move to nine games in a row against the Bucks, who are in the first game without their head coach, Adrian Griffin. I think the Thunder, there's just no way they lose to the Spurs tonight with Holmgren, with SGA, and the way that they've been playing. Josh Giddy and them boys as well. I've already given you my thoughts on that Atlanta Hawks and Golden State Warriors game. And yes, all that talk I was doing about doing these individual bets, and I've added all the ones that I love into a parlay. But there is a but. I've made some other individual bets as well that I'm about to get into in just a second. But um, yeah, I'm feeling really good about that one. That's I put just a measly $5 on it to win a good 160 So that I'm trying to just build up for this weekend. That's when the real big boy bets are coming in. So I'm trying to build up my funds throughout the week and really just splurge throughout the weekend. But I, I have a good feeling about that one. Then some of the individual bets that I did make were being that Seth Jones won assist um, for the Blackhawks against the Kraken. I put that one down. Then I also got that Luka line over one and a half steals plus blocks combined. Then moving on to my icy hot Todoroki bet of the week that I'm 0-1 on. Unfortunately, I lost the first one with that Dalvin Cook bet. But this one I'm feeling a lot better about. A lot more of a, a lot more of a higher chance with this one. Someone that's more of a bona fide stud. Someone that has more of a role on their team and their roster. And this is in the NHL for the Vancouver Canucks, Elias Pettersson. If you guys know hockey, if you guys know the league, if you're a casual, you guys know this guy. He's a stud. He has been for the Canucks for a handful of years. And the Canucks are playing really good hockey this year. Finally, you know, out of Vancouver. That's something they've been dying for for years. And my line, my, my Icy Hot Todoroki bet of the week for Elias Pettersson is just one power play point. Yep. They're at home tonight at 10 o'clock hosting the St. Louis Blues. And his last four games, Elias Pat Pedersen has four points on the power play in those four games. So he just needs one more point tonight to make that five power play points in five games, keep that trend going. And then boom, I get my first icy hot Todoroki bet of the installment, man. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? But I think that's a good way to end it here. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this one as well. Hopefully, we have a lot more luck heading into Friday's episode that I can recap for you guys than we did after this weekend for the divisional round. But like I said, I just got to learn my lesson with these parlays and these individual bets. But I'll get there, hopefully. We'll see. As always, stay care. Stay awake. This is Brandon. I'm signing off with Tea Time Reports, doing the Tea Time Bets. I'll catch you next time. Peace.